0: hello everybody welcome back to chanel's language learning journey podcast on anchor.fm with your host chanel patrice hancock it is january 17th 2019 on a snowy and cold day here in akron ohio we are about to get hammered with some snow for the entire weekend and it's gonna be crazy. So everybody went out to the grocery stores and stocked up on everything. And, you know, right now people are conserving their their food assistance money um, next month into March because of the shutdown that's going on with our government here in the US. And what is so sad about the whole situation, is that Trump doesn't care. He wants his wall. And unfortunately, a lot of people that are living under the poverty level, myself included, um, you know, we rely on these services in order to be able to get by. You know, especially if you're disabled and you have, um, you know, social security um, supplemental income or social security supplemental disability income um, coming to you once a month it can range anywhere from 771 dollars you know up to 1600 just depending on the person if they've worked if they were born with a disability before age 22 Deaf benefits from parents, it just depends. And unfortunately for those people like me that were born with a disability since birth, I'm on the SSI route and I don't collect deaf benefits. So, you know, we have, you know, food assistance where you get a certain amount of money a month. And it's just sad because now after February... There won't be any money because of the government shutdown. And, you know, Trump needs to understand that wall is not important. What's important is the people. And, unfortunately, I feel really bad for everybody who has to rely on food assistance. You know, especially if you're disabled or you're elderly, you can't get out to a food pantry. Some people can't eat some of the food from the food pantry because of allergy reasons and health reasons. And they need this because this is the only source of income that they have. And so, you know, it's it's just sad. So, um, I know that, you know, people are really concerned because some people who work for the federal government they're not getting paid and i just feel really bad because they have families too and they can't pay their bills they can't buy any food and it's just really really sad um so yeah i know this isn't something that i'd usually discuss But I thought I would bring this up before I get to the topic of my podcast for today, which was writing from a visually impaired perspective uh, when learning a language, because everyone learns differently. And before I get to that, uh, I want to thank the sponsors of the show, Flipboard, who make it possible for me to be able to put these podcasts on so thank you so much for sponsoring episode 54 of the podcast i really appreciate it if you guys want you can go to flipboard.com for your one-stop shop to get newspaper articles from new york times washington post the guardian magazines Sports Illustrated, People, Cosmo, you name it, they have it. It's for free. You can download it from the Google Store. You can download it from iTunes, App Store. I've used it for a lot of years. And, you know, it's it's a really great resource to have. So go to Flipboard.com and check it out, everybody. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. On your um, podcast sites such as Google Play Store, iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, Audiocast, Radiocast, Radio Public. Thank you for subscribing and listening to the show. I have 3.3k listeners now. You know, um, I want to keep it growing and thriving. So keep your comments coming in. I will, you know, respond to your comments on anchor.fm slash Chanel, Patrice Hancock, C-H-E-N-E-L-L-E-P-A-T-R-I-C-E-H-A-N-C-L-C-K. Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast, Chanel with an S, C-H-E-N-E-L-L-E apostrophe S. And now let's get to the subject of this podcast, which is about Writing to improve your language skills. Now, as someone that's visually impaired, I can say I have learned print first. So I learned how to read and write print from the age of four. And, you know, I wrote longhand for many years. And I didn't use a computer until I was 24 years old. So I didn't use JAWS for Windows until then. Um, I had a little bit of an introduction when I was a senior in high school, but I still could read large print so there was no need for me to really use a computer that much. And um, it wasn't until I got into college and I had to type all my stuff out, you know, I started using the computer to type everything. Um, When it came down to Spanish, I had scribes, which means I had a, a human person write down what I wanted to say into the booklets uh, in order to hand in my homework um, because I couldn't read the print on the page and so because I couldn't read the print on the page they were able to work with me on my homework and I was able to get it done Um, but these were also tutors that were getting paid from the school and they had uh, degrees in Spanish. So that was another way that I did that and then I learned how to read and write Spanish Braille and I was able to read and write with a Braille writer uh, Spanish Braille to some extent but I, I mostly did everything auditorily but I will say that reading and writing does help you with your vocabulary, your critical thinking process. Um, it, helps you with the different punctuations, the tildes and, and the different markings that are in Spanish or French or Italian or Russian or whatever writing system you are learning for whatever language you're learning. And this actually helps people effectively whether you're visually impaired or not. Um, the last writing system I learned was the international phonetic alphabet and i learned it with the international phonetic alphabet pillows i could see the pillows and the letters the shapes of the letters clearly so i was able to use kinesthetics along with a sharpie and a piece of paper and write out the words and i they had it Um, blown up really big for me so I can read it and I can transcribe in my own handwriting what the words were for an exam that I had for a voice class for example and so as a result of that you know that was the last writing system that I had learned print wise before my vision had declined so as a result of that you know I'm speaking for me only because Everybody that is visually impaired and blind does things differently. It also depends on their visual acuity or if they have any vision at all or no vision at all. Or if they know Braille or they don't know Braille. So in a lot of ways, um, there are people in the blindness community that do not know how to read and write Braille because maybe their education system just didn't have the funding in their budget to do it. Their culture might be different in regards to educating blind people. I know in China, it's very, you know, blind people are not treated fairly by the Chinese government. Um, And so therefore, you know, they might be given an education, but they are shunned from society. Um, There are some cultures that actually do not educate their blind people at all. So they pretty much learn through osmosis and that's it. I have met someone that was from Afghanistan and he was blind and he knew his language fluently but he didn't know how to read and write he was not literate at all because they didn't teach him at all he didn't get an education and he's like 42 now 43 with a wife and child living in the States now so you know and he's learning English so at the same time You know, writing can be difficult for some people if they didn't get an education and as a language learner, that is important. You know, you need to be able to take down a note somehow. And sometimes they might not have that. So they have to dictate what they want to say and someone has to write it down for them because they don't have the ability to be able to spell or write a sentence or use proper punctuation. And that can be in their native tongue, and that can be in their L2 language that they're learning, you know. And in this case, is English for him, because he speaks Dari. And so, you know, it, 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 it can be difficult, um, you know. And I know, as an example, there are over 200 different Braille codes for languages around the world. And I have what's called a Braille display, which is a device that I can pair via Bluetooth to my computer, my iPhone, my iPad Pro, and I can read the words from the display in Braille and unify English Braille um, in 16 other different languages Um, all the Romance languages, the Germanic languages, the Nordic languages, the There's a couple of Slavic languages in there. There's Turkish in there. Um, So, yeah, we, you know, Japanese, Arabic, and Chinese are covered, too. So, you know, um, that means something to me personally as a language learner. Um, However, it has to be, the text has to be written inside of that language. It can't be... English and then you just translate it. it. doesn't work like that. It has to be written in the exact language in order for my display to pick it up and recognize it in that braille code. So that's something that you know is a little bit different. Um, I tend to learn the alphabet first in order for me to be able to start the writing process now. Um, I have not learned um opinion yet for Mandarin because I'm learning Cantonese I'm learning how to speak Cantonese right now and I'm using space repetition software Mango um, language app so I'm learning Cantonese for free however um I haven't learned the braille code yet because I want to be able to speak first and so because I still have some residual vision left in my left eye to where I can still see things clearly but I can't read print anymore or see further than three feet in front of me um I tend to do a lot more auditory um at first and then I I start to figure out how to do the writing process um I'm gonna to have to do some research in order to be able to write Cantonese, or I might just have to learn the the, the opinion in order for me to be able to um, write it out in in Chinese braille um in order for me to be somewhat literate um, Yet, you know, I'm an auditory person, so I don't do a lot of writing. Um, longhand anymore unless I have to write a checkout. out but um, you know I will write a quick note down if I need to in English and um, because English is my first language but in terms of language learning um, I learned most of my languages by ear um, I didn't do a lot of the writing systems yet because I knew it would take me some time to learn them like I said before, um, I learn the alphabet first, but because I haven't done that yet with Cantonese, you know, I need to find someone that knows Cantonese that's blind and see if they have a system of where I can learn the alphabet, you know, so I'll be able to, to write it out, um, myself and be able to spell and so forth and so on. So, Um, that's going to take some finagling on my part. And and that's the things, those are the things you have to do when you're visually impaired and you have braille at your disposal but you've never learned the language. I mean, you, you haven't learned the writing system yet. And, you know, a lot of people take that for granted that because I do have some vision, just because I have vision doesn't mean I can read the print word. I can't. It's too small. Even if it's blown up, I can't read that. Uh, my vision has deteriorated to the point where I cannot read anymore. Now, yes, can I read a stop sign? Yes, that's big enough for me to see. But I, I am medically not allowed to read anymore with my left eye because um, I did work in a place where I had to use a video magnifier for six months, and I went from 20 over 2,400 in my left eye to seeing three feet in front of me counting fingers in the span of nine months. And let me tell you something that was a very scary experience for me and I was 36 years old so you know if I wouldn't have strained trying to read stuff to be able to keep a job you know um, it would have I would have still had some of it but then again I really don't know because I have retinopathy of prematurity because I was born three months premature At one pound and 13 ounces over 42 years ago so you know when you're writing something down you know people have to write it big or they have to type it out and then i have to have it read to me um if i don't have my braille display with me via voiceover so you know it it's it can be a a very frustrating situation for some people but I go and do the speak from day one approach first and then I learn the writing system. Um, you know, evidently I learn the alphabet, I can just use my keyboard on my phone and, and type that way. You know, but I like to feel what the words look like in a tactile form so, you know, I can connect the audio and the tactile together and it helps stick in my head. Um. So I'll be able to write it out and know how it's spelled correctly for, for, you know, written reasons. And, you know, I'm saying this from my experience, like I said before, because I am talking about me and my experience. I mean, I don't know how other blind people do it. I only know how I do my learning process when writing. And I used to be able to write longhand, so, and that was only in English by the way, um, you know, and I used to have those four colored pens where it was red, green, black, and blue, and I used to wear them out, and I used to have five star notebooks and write short stories and longhand cursive when my vision was better, and I used to have journals and write in those. And I will encourage people in the language learning community, make yourself a journal however creative you want to make it you know um you know I I enjoy you know writing um however I don't do a lot of it anymore um my whole aim is to be able to verbally communicate not write a thesis in Cantonese or Japanese you know that's just not something that you know I want to do you know I'm more on the auditory side of things So I I would rather, you know, write down what little I need to write down and that's it. I'm not trying to write a thesis or a dissertation in Russian, you know, on the global warming and why the polar ice caps are melting today. I'm not, no, that's not me. (laughs) But I do have to say, you know, it is great to be able to write something in another language to somebody, even if it's a quick message on, you know, Facebook Instant Messenger, for instance. A lot of times I just use voice messages as my way of jotting stuff down these days. Because if I if I can't read the, the particular language, um, you know, writing system because I haven't I don't have access to certain alphabets and braille or whatever. Um, you know, I just I do a lot of dictation and a lot of voice recording. So, I mean that's just from my perspective. But I, I will say from my past experiences, I like to um I like to write stuff down. It it made me really think about what it was I was trying to say. Um, grammatically and I was always good at grammar um, in English and in Spanish and you know I mean the grammar system kicked my butt in Russian but you know that's neither here or there um, you know that's something that you can approve on you know you work one one case at a time and one construction at a time and and it helps you really try to think like the people that were living in the country or that are living in the country at the moment. Um, you know, it also makes you a better critical thinker. Um, you know, and you get to improve on a skill that you'll have for the rest of your life. Whether you're writing it out longhand, uh, whether you're jotting down a little note on a memo pad or a sticky note, whether you're typing it out You're doing some form of writing and that's what matters Um, because it also makes your vocabulary improve, your sentence structure, your grammar improve, your confidence in yourself. Okay, this is how much information I really do know. That's great. You know, and you're doing this for you. You're not doing this for a test. You're not doing this for a degree. You're doing this for you and your daily life. Just like whatever your native tongue is, you're going to do this process in your everyday life like you would in your native language. And that's pretty much why you want to write for. You'll also want to write just in case you find that special someone. You'll be able to write in their language and communicate with them. And sometimes when you do learn how to write in that language, you might have a communication breakdown in a verbal sense of the word and so to write it down they'll still be able to understand what you're saying. Now your grammar might not be 100% perfect and your punctuation might not be either but guess what if they can still read what you're saying and you can still get your message across in a written format that means something. You can use this not only for personal reasons, but professional reasons. You might have to use it if you're going to fill out an application for a job, or you have to fill out medical forms, or insurance forms, or your children's, you know, forms for like a field trip for school. This is a very important tool to have when you're learning a language because without being able to write, Yes, you can verbally communicate. What about if the communication is lost in translation somehow? You can still write what you mean down and they'll still be able to get what you're trying to say and that's what matters the most. It really does. That that matters more so than anything in the world that you're able to get your point across and the information down that you want to say because I guarantee you You will forget some things. And if you forget something, all you got to do before you forget it is just write it down and it's right there. It's not going anywhere. And it doesn't matter if you're doing it in Arabic or Cantonese or Mandarin or Thai or Tibetan or French or German, Hungarian, Finnish, English. Writing is a very powerful tool and it actually helps you. Express your thoughts in ways that you wouldn't normally be able to. You can write poetry. You can write short stories. You know, a business letter. A memo. And, and this does help you because if you're working in a work environment where you have to do administrative assistant work, building and coding, it comes in handy. It really does. And so, you know, the higher up you get, within the language c1 c2 the better of a writer you have to be it it almost has to be flawless you know because yes do native speakers make mistakes when they're writing yes they do I make plenty of mistakes in English all the time you know but that's why you have you know a grammar check and you can have people proofread what you write and you can take it to your italki tutor or your language exchange partner and you can say hey look this is what I wrote can you tell me what mistakes I made so I can you know what corrections I may need to make to this does this make sense to you is this how you would say this in this language and they will be willing to do those things and honestly sometimes that's a little bit more easier than trying to figure out verbally what you're trying to say and yeah, that and that helps you too. I mean, I would have a thesaurus on hand. I would have a dictionary on hand. Um, you know, just in case, you know, you want to make sure that you say this correctly. You know, I would have a friend around, a study buddy, to help as well. Because, you know, sometimes native speakers can't always explain to you the technical grammar mechanics of the language that well, because they they know it instinctively because they learned it all their life, and sometimes it's difficult to explain grammar to someone um, you know because that's probably not their forte. But in the same token, you want to be able. To enjoy the writing process. It's very freeing. It's very cathartic. Um, You know, you can get things out. You can learn how to write screenplays. Plays for the stage. Poetry. The sky's the limit. And it'll make you a more expressive individual when, you know, you are writing to someone, you know, and so, I mean, that is something that I plan on doing this year myself is to start learning how to write in Cantonese and Turkish, even if I have to type it out. I don't mind, you know, so, and to improve my French writing and not dictate so much. You know, because that'll help me with my recall of words and vocabulary and how stuff is spelled correctly and how it's positioned. I can position it in my head, you know, to be able to speak, but I have to be able to spell that and write it out. And so that's something that I want to do, you know, and if my goal is to be able to write a simple message to my friend, then I would have accomplished that, you know. It just depends on what it is. You know, if I want to learn how to write my phone number down in Cantonese and Turkish, okay, fine. Or my address or whatever. That's great. Okay, I'll do something simple. You can make small goals like that. I want to be able to spell my name in this language. I want to be able to write my address and my name down in this language. The more you practice writing, the more you will be able to use the information that you've learned over time. And that is what is important, my friends. That you start the process. And start it today. There's no time like the present. Um, you won't ever forget how to do it. That's something that you don't forget. I mean, I've been writing and writing since I was four. (laughs) You know, I still know how to write. I still know how to spell. You don't forget these things. These are just things that you learn and you keep. So, um... I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. I will have another podcast probably tomorrow with Tim Keeley, who is a professor in Japan. And he knows several languages, especially Asian languages. And so I will be interviewing him tomorrow at 9 a.m., because it's a 12 hour difference so it'll be 9 p.m japan time and so um i will you will have two podcasts to listen to over the weekend um please subscribe please give me feedback um please rate the podcast as well um give me a rating because that actually helps people find me And thank you to everybody who is still listening to the podcast, to the 3.3k listeners. Uh, You know, I I, I want to see if I can get to 5k by the end of the month. I got two weeks. So let's see what happens. Um, That would be great. I would love to say I got to 5k before the month of January was up. So I got someone else to subscribe to my podcast the day that I met at the supermarket. So... You know, hey, if my ex mailman was able to do it and he liked what he saw, I'm glad that you guys continue to stick with me. I do this for you guys. I love you guys. Thank you so much for believing in my show and what I do every week. Um, I'm really enjoying this. This is why I'm putting out multiple episodes. I usually only put out two, but I've been on fire lately. So in regards to wanting to put out more content for you guys, So, um, you know, remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the podcast. And I will see you in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast on Anchor.fm. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.